0: All right, welcome back to On Capturing Stories. Um, today I am joined by my good friend, Michael. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jordan. Hey, thanks for taking a few moments with us. Mike is uh, 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 extraordinary in all things uh, related to the sky, flying in the sky, getting drones up in the sky. And he's really the one who has helped me gain an understanding in the last six months to year of not only the joy of flying, and taking photographs from a, from a winged plane, but also um, some of the safety, legal, and licensing requirements for flying a drone for photographic purposes, both personally and commercially. So that's uh, what we're going to talk about here today. All right, so Mike, I guess it was... Um about 6 months ago or so that I acquired a drone and discovered um just how fun it was to fly and uh started posting some images to to Instagram and um through that process realized that I wanted to fly in a commercial aspect and start recording video and images for clients, for projects, uh for profit. And in that process um I reached out to you. Uh, I think we had lunch together. And I started uh, relaying some of my hopes, and you were the one who really slowed me down a little bit and helped clue me in to some things I hadn't seen yet.
1: Right. I uh, I know that uh, I was uh, very aware when you began talking about commercial operations of the uh, the lack of awareness of the protocol behind commercial operations of uh, drones or unmanned aircraft and we kind of ran through some of the federal aviation regulations with regards to drones but I think we got into pretty quickly got into just the fundamental airman knowledge required Mm -hmm. to be able to go out anywhere in America and or in the world and be able to put a, a drone in the sky and that, um, primarily is the having the ability to take a, an aviation, a pilot's, uh, sectional map and be able to interpret it and decipher all of the legalities, um, contained in airspace, which there are just so many rules mm-hmm. and regulations with regards to airspace. And what all that leads back to is the ultimate safety aspect of separation between manned aircraft and unmanned aircraft, which has become a real, an extremely hot topic with the FAA and yes. they put some very, very, uh, constraining and, uh, specific regulatory requirements in place with regards to altitudes you can operate at, maximum altitudes, and also distances away from certain objects like assemblages of people, um, dwellings, boats, and, uh, for sure, ga- big gatherings like anything in cities and, you know, places like that.
0: And uh, at the time, I was putting together a proposal for a client who um, wanted some footage down in New York City. So it was really uh, a bit of trial by fire in terms of not only am I new to learning airspace and what's the difference between the Class C and Class G and all of these things, um, but also some of the special restrictions in such an urban environment. And in that case, fortunately, the flight path was over uh water uh through the i believe it's called the hudson uh airway or something of that nature mm-hmm. um the project didn't end up getting off the ground but that whole uh situation and in talking with you and and thinking about it um with a pretty large contract a a client with uh um a lot to lose if i were to to mess something up uh, especially in a legal capacity, it really put me on high alert, especially as someone new to unmanned operation and um so for someone new, Mike who has just acquired a drone or is considering flying uh even in a personal capacity, let's just start there. Um, some of the rules of thumb that I've picked up along the way are. You know, the obvious ones are don't fly above 400 feet, um, but also uh, a key one that I use every time I go out is I check that sectional map. Um, and there are some digital tools as well, uh, but there's a legal, uh, legally approved map, right?
1: Yes, um, it's uh, technically called a uh, FAA sectional chart, and they are broken down into geographic areas. Um, for example, New York, um, Miami, oftentimes it's related to a town. When you get out west, they use other, other nomenclature to identify mm. the, the sections that they're talking about. But it's a very detailed and, uh, complete map, which has an expiration date, usually 56 days. These things are issued, um, every 56 days they become obsolete, so you're constantly, you know, about every two months, or about every uh, yeah, two months, you're having to purchase a new one because things change with regards to the FAA and airspace. Uh, the the hard part, of the challenge, is to become semi, you know, uh, marginally fluent with being able to decipher the the chart because there's a they're pretty technical in nature. It's, it, all of that is covered in private pilot license training. But you don't need to go through that to gain the ability to just read a sectional. I mean, there are online capabilities and tutorials and forums. Um, and probably the easiest, quickest way would just to be to get with any, uh, certified flight instructor and spend an hour or two of his time, typically 10, 15 bucks an hour. And he'll go through and critically teach you everything you need to know with regards to unmanned aircraft operation, Mm. primarily how to, how to read the sectional. So that's the, you know, that's the tool you need to have in your toolbox for, for any kind of extended, you know, any kind of UAV operation technically. And, uh, you know, there's a licensing process that's in place now that really covers all of that stuff. If, if you go through the process of getting an actual, uh, unmanned aircraft operation, operating license, you'll, you'll be, um, briefed and educated in all of those areas and know yeah. how to stay out of trouble.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great, Mike. And really, let's talk in terms of a checklist for anyone considering flying a drone. Some things, uh, when I first got my drone, um, I was advised to pay, f- I, it was $5 at the time, register my UAS, um, is a website um, that the FAA runs, and that's just to register the bird, um, and that's fine for any personal, uh, private, individual, uh, flying purpose, and um, what else? Um, I found the, the phone number for my local airport um, and checked. Uh, in this case, it's not restricted airspace, so a simple phone call to notify them worked. Um, what, what are some other things uh, that someone at the first outset should consider? Well, I think
1: uh, you know at, at the you know, initial stage and, and all phases prior to you know, operating an unmanned aircraft, uh, the first thing should be proximity to other aircraft, civilian manned aircraft, mm. i.e., the airport that's closest to you. And there could also be other operating areas, whether it be um, flight training, sailplane operations, skydive operations, uh, aerobatic aircraft training. You know, all of these things would be uh, noted on a sectional. But the first thing really is going to be how close to an airport are you because uh, the closer mm-hmm. you you know the rules you have I believe are 5 miles you're not oper- allowed to operate within 5 miles of a of an airport and so you know that that's and that would be 5 statute miles from the center of the airport and when you chart that out on your aeronautical sectional you know that creates a pretty big standoff right. from from where aircraft will be coming out taking off and landing and obviously the whole reason for that is to you know prevent you know, when aircraft are taken off and landing, they're going to be at relatively low altitudes. And it's a tense, you know, phase of flight. So typically, pilots aren't, you know, relaxed and looking all around with their head on a swivel. You know, they're very focused on the runway, the yeah. surface of intended landing, and, you know, orienting and maneuvering their aircraft to get to the right altitude and air speeds and, and courses to fly to ultimately land an airplane. And the same taking off. You know, initially when you take off and you're below a thousand feet, you're You're not doing near as good a job diligently you know with your head on a swivel scanning in all directions, looking for an unmanned aircraft that you might run into
0: right that that's great advice, Mike and we've only scratched the surface. I really appreciate um your expertise uh in the air and also your friendship as you've uh, helped bring me along um, in this part of the journey of of getting up in the air with a drone and taking some beautiful pictures in a way that's safe for all aircraft involved. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your day today. Um, just a disclaimer, um, I am not a lawyer in any uh, capacity, and I would urge you to seek counsel with any of these matters and, of course, reach out to any governing body um, before taking action. And be safe out there. It's uh, It's not only the safety of your drone, but more importantly, the safety of human lives that are in the air every day. Anything else to add as we wrap up, Mike? Oh, I think that's it, and uh look forward to chatting with you in the future, Jordan. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. I hope this podcast has been helpful and practic- uh, practical advice for you, and look forward to hearing you on the next episode of On Capturing Stories.